1: Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event I opened up with that scene from a movie called Ghostbreakers in 1940 which I personally have never seen but uh, that scene uh, with uh, Bob Hope talking about uh zombies and uh you know they're they walk around with no will of their own and uh oh like Democrats I think that's uh I don't know when that became so uh so popular but it seems like it's been in the last 20 years um, that you know you find that you know I like a lot of these older movies that that typically not in the nineteen forties. Typically in like the the seventies and eighties and nineties, um, because they you know they they say things in them back then that have such relevance today. As we see our country going uh going in uh, in no sense at all kind of directions. And uh, that song was Bus Rider from the Guess Who. I think that was the seventies, because that's when uh my big brother Scott got his uh, Best of the Guess Who eight track tape and used to play it when he was driving around in uh in his uh, 65 Impala and I uh, I would tag along so I could just be cool and hang out with my brother. Uh so anyway, that's bus rider and I use that because uh you know what that may be where where uh, a lot of people are going, going to the buses when they can't can no longer afford to uh, get in their car and drive to work and they can't afford a uh, $60,000 or $80,000 Tesla or uh, one of the other electric cars out there. Um, So say, hey, you know, this is the this is the this is the uh, this is the solution for all this stuff for these fossil fuels, not to drill, but just to have people buy electric cars. But electric cars uh, prices are as high as high as ever um, because people buy them when the price of gas goes up. So, uh, you know, I've seen some people that actually think there's a conspiracy here to uh, by the electric by the companies building electric cars. And you know what? Uh, I drive a uh, I drive three American cars. Uh, my wife has a Cadillac XLRV, and I have a Corvette Z06, and uh, from 2017. And then we have a new uh, uh, big gas guzzler Silverado uh, Chevy truck. And uh, you know, I've been looking at that new Corvette that's coming out the uh, the Z06, the the new mid engine, but it's coming out Z06 for 23, and or supposedly for 23. But then I heard they were putting a a, uh, a kibosh on the production. And then I saw something about they're building an electric Corvette and I'm going, "Eh, I'm a Corvette guy. I've had three of them. And, uh, and I just don't see electric and Corvette in the same sentence as being as cool. And I know some of those Teslas, uh, my son, uh, has his friend has one of those plaids and, uh, and he came by the house when my son was down here uh, a few months ago And said hey take my dad for a car, uh, drive in this car And yeah those things are, are Unbelievably fast uh, Almost dangerously fast um, But they're just not as cool As a Corvette You know it doesn't have that That wom uh sound uh, that, that American muscle car feel And uh, it doesn't matter It's uh, just doesn't matter how fast you go It's uh, how cool it is and I, and I don't know how fast they go because um, they say my car could go 200, 200 miles an hour, but I haven't been able to do it in California. Um, but uh, I don't know if a Tesla can go that fast, but they are super quick, or at least that one was. Not ready for the for the electric Corvette just, re- just yet, and I've got enough money that I'm not going to ride the bus. Um, but some uh, some people will be. That's where we're going. So anyway, uh, I'm going to talk about all the kind of stuff that's uh, going on in this country and uh, and the fact that um, there's just no sense to any of it. And, uh, and I was going to use a clip from, uh, the movie, beautiful girls about not letting the women behind the curtain and see all the, all the, all the levers and, uh, and, and buttons that the, the great and powerful Oz is pushing. They, they, they don't belong back there in that behind that curtain. And I think that's kind of how the government is trying to keep us. They you know there's no sense to what they're doing and they just won't be transparent and uh, it makes me uh, concerned to say, to put it lightly, about where the country's going and <clears throat> what's going to be here for uh, our kids and our grandkids. But uh, I'll fill you in on on the latest of what's going on and my opinion of it. But first, let me introduce myself. For those of you that don't know me, my name's Ed Hoffman, branch manager, Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities Uh, If you know where to find them, uh, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's so personal, um, then uh, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Planet Home Lending logo. That will take you to my lending page where you can put in as much information as you want to give me. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back quickly from myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle, whether that's to uh, buy a piece of property you'd like to own or whether to refinance a piece of property that you already own to uh, improve your financial uh, conditions. You know, uh, when the interest rates have been as low as as they have for the last several years and now the interest rates jumped up about two percent in the last four months and uh, i say well that's the end of the refinance uh, the refinance uh, market but you know you get into uh people that don't know how to control themselves from spending you know they watch uh, they watch the federal government do what they do and uh, just hey you know there's how you fix the economy is you just go farther into debt well that's bs and uh, a lot of you are figuring it out and say, "Hey, you know what? I I'm almost paid off on my house, but I got a uh, hundred fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt. Or, uh, or hey, you know what? I I know it probably wasn't a good idea, but I went and uh, I went and uh, uh, bought two timeshares over the last year, and uh, you know, at one time, and I'm paying uh, twelve hundred dollars a month for these timeshares and uh, probably never use them." Um, i've I've seen all kinds of dumb things dumb stuff that people do and uh, what's their only out they well for the timeshares, you call one of those guys that gets you out of them but for the for the 16 eighteen percent credit cards and the high car payments uh, you can always take some of that equity that is higher than ever and uh, do a cash out refinance and pay it off and uh, you know do you say hey your your interest rate is going from uh, three and a half that you got a year ago. To uh to uh, five and a half you're getting today, but we're getting rid of, uh way more way more eighteen percent debt, and it lowers your payment thousand bucks a month, and if a thousand bucks a month uh, makes a difference to you, it's time to it's time to uh to call me eight five five six four zero twenty twenty, uh also if you're interested in buying properties out of state or you have properties out of state you want to deal with, uh I am licensed in uh, about half the states in the country. And everywhere where people are going. And uh, if you want to find out about that, 855-640-2020. If you uh, want to hear any part of the show repeated, stay on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can listen to uh, the podcast on demand anytime. This show as well, well, several past shows. You can also get them on uh, SoundCloud or Apple Podcast, what we used to call iTunes. Um, and you can uh, subscribe for free. Have it download to your device automatically on Fridays. Uh, I record on Friday mornings and Friday afternoons. It gets uploaded and sometime thereafter you get a, it gets downloaded to your device. So you don't have to wait till uh, Saturday for it to play on the radio. Um, if you have any comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. And, uh, and uh, if you if you have have questions about real estate financing, ed at edhoffman.net won't get you a as fast of a of a. Uh, of a, uh, response. So go to the podcast, go to the, um, ed Hoffman.net on the, on the planet home lending logo, send it there, or you could send me, you could send me an email directly to ed Hoffman at planet home lending, but it's easier to remember ed Hoffman.net and just go to the contact page. So, uh, anyway, let's talk about what's going on. Uh, baby formula blame game. The white house is playing the blame game with baby formula crisis. Shifting all responsibility to a formula manufacturing plant in Sturgis, Michigan, not to be confused with Sturgis, South Dakota, where all the bikers go. Here's the background. A plant owned by Abbott Nutrition, maker of the popular Similac brand of formula, shut down in February. Now follow the dates. It shut down in February after the FDA investigated a, a bacterial outbreak at the facility that was reported by a whistleblower in October of last year. Hmm. Lightning-fast response reported in, in October of last year. And the deaths of two infants are reportedly connected to the bacterial infection from the formula. So two babies supposedly died connected to that. A whistleblower uh, called the FDA in October, and they jumped right on it. Five months later, they went and, uh, and shut, the, shut the factory down. The FDA is now working with, with Abbott to correct the problem and get the plant running again. But even if the plant reopens in two weeks, the best case scenario, the company says it could still be six to eight weeks before the formula is back on the shelves. Now, this is what I wonder. You know, when, when you find out that, that some restaurant was uh, closed down because the health inspector came out and said, Hey, you guys have too many uh, uh, rat droppings or, or whatever going on. You need to clean your place up. You know, they send Robert Irvine over there to uh to do restaurant impossible. Or they, you know, they they get out there cleaner people and they sanitize it. When a cruise ship uh has an outbreak of COVID or anything else on it, you know, they 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 dock the they dock the cruise ship for a few days and they sanitize the whole ship. When a company like Abbott gets their place shut down, or they know there's a uh they know there's a bacterial problem. You would think they'd clean it up. And something tells me, something tells me, and I don't have any any facts to quote on this, but my logically thinking brain says, hey, they had a they had a bacterial problem and they knew about it because the whistleblower, someone who who works there, reported it. Somebody knew about it. Maybe they did. Maybe they did fix it. And the FDI just uh, got involved five months later and uh, said, Hey, you got a bacterial problem. We're shutting you down until we clear it. And my assumption is that if they have a factory that makes Similac, they probably have a whole bunch of people that operate the machines and, uh, and make sure the things that the product goes out. Cause they're probably making a gazillion dollars cause it's Similac. It's not a, you know, it's not ABC, uh, ABC Joe's uh, baby formula. It's Similac, you know, in Similac. I know that, uh, when my kids were born, that was Similac and infamil, that's what was on the on the shelves, and that was uh thirty eight years ago almost uh when my oldest was born and uh uh so I just think they're leaving some details out. they're leaving some details out so uh so Wednesday. Uh, Joe Biden invoked the Defense Production Act to allow the Department of Defense to pick up formula shipments from overseas that meet our FDA requirements from countries like Ireland, the the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and and the Netherlands. Um, I just think if Trump was in there, you would think rather than go to other countries, couldn't he have, you know, he got General Motors to uh, to be making ventilators. When we had the co- when the ventilator shortage and he, and the my pillow guy was making a a, a mass. and uh, you know there, all these co- all these companies were jumping in to retool and, and manufacture these products. I would think like General Mills or or uh, or Pepsi or Coca Cola or one of these companies could easily easily switch from uh, making what they make to create to making baby formula. Wouldn't you think? That's my logically thinking brain. But uh, you know what? Uh, but why was? But then, the fact that they waited until we were short on the short on the shelves before anything was done about it is amazing. So why was not the white, uh, why was this not on the White House radar until February, when the whistleblower tipped off the FDA all the way back in October? Here's Joe Biden's answer.
2: Should you have taken those steps sooner before parents got to these shelves
0: and and couldn't find formula? If we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have.
1: Yeah, what, what you know? Why is it? Why does it take? Why do you have to be a mind reader for that? Is that why do you have to be a mind reader? It just seems like uh, you know, it, this reminds me of when Russia, you know, when Russia back in 2012 uh, called Homeland Security and told them that hey, the Sarnayev brothers uh, are up to no good and they're here in Russia and they're going somewhere else and they're headed to the United States. You guys should check on that. And uh, they traveled back to the United States. That was in uh, July of 2012 and uh, the Tsarnaev brothers came, and uh, uh, by August of 2013, they, they blew up the, the Boston Marathon. They set up those bombs at the Boston Marathon, killed three people and 260 other people injured and limbs blown off and all that stuff. Do you need to be a mind reader, or you just need to pay attention when somebody says, hey, there's a bacterial problem at the, uh, at the Similac plant? On Tuesday, news, the new press secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was held accountable for Biden's mind reader remark, but she kept up the blame game on Abbott as well.
3: Uh, The President told my colleague on Friday when he asked if the administration should have acted sooner on baby formula shortage. If we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have. Um, This doesn't seem like a situation that would have required mind reading. As you know, the recall date back to February. Uh, I believe Politico reported months ago that the FDA was first warned about the suspected uh, bacteria issue as early as September. Are there any uh, specific actions that this administration took, meetings, Calls, uh, briefings in February or any earlier to begin addressing this uh, potential shortage. And I mean, you've heard us talk about this. Uh, you've seen my colleagues on on your networks uh, talking about what we have done uh, since February. We've been we've been working around on this 24/7 uh, since we learned about this back in February. It's important to remember this shortage exists because Abbott closed the facility, uh, uh, be- closed a facility because of safety concerns from the FDA. As the president understands. He gets this. He gets how stressful it is for parents uh, trying to feed their children.
1: Yeah, the whole uh, the whole thing seems fishy to me. The whole timeline. The whole uh, you know, it's uh, because you notice if you go into hospitals, they got these robots that go around with these uh, infra, these uh, black lights or infrared lights or whatever they whatever they are. The and they and they sterilize the whole hospital every day, and they they go in and they and they. Whatever this light is that kills bacteria, you would think you would think that Abbott would have would would know about this stuff and would clean it up. And of course, the FDA, the the, uh, you know, Corrine Jean Pierre says says that the uh, Abbott closed their factory uh, due to FDA concerns. So FDA came in and shut them down. So. That was in February. This is three months later. How long does it take to clean up one building? And is it possible that uh that they couldn't reopen and bring all their workers back because the FDA's red tape? Is it possible that they cleaned it up and they can't get the FDA out to uh to timely do the test on it to to give them the okay to open back up? Is there does this make any sense to you guys? Has anybody done anything with with building a building a house or building a building or doing or doing anything where the government had to be involved with inspecting, and and wonder why it takes so long. Hey, they tell you, hey, you got to fix this thing on your house before you can uh, go to the next step, and then you fix it in 15 minutes, but they won't come out for four four more days or five more days or another week. So you're just on a standstill. Could it be that this government red tape that's holding this thing up? I have a fee that makes more sense to me because Abbott is a, is a company that makes a profit and they don't make a profit being shut down. So this stuff doesn't make any sense to get to me at all. So even the, so now they've got the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, he's gotten in on the fun. And, and before we play this clip, I wonder why are we talking to the transportation secretary? The FDA is part of the department of, uh, of HHS, uh, health and human services wouldn't it be uh, Javier Becerra, our former California attorney general, wouldn't he be involved in this? Why is why does Buttigieg in on this? And there, here's what Buttigieg says.
3: I know the president said more action's coming, but this has been ongoing for months. There were supply chain issues already. Then you have the issue with this one plant, Abbott, um, whistleblower in September, February, the recall. It's May. Why has it taken
2: so long? The administration acted from day one after the recall, but fundamentally, we are here because a company was not able to guarantee that its plant was safe and that plant has shut down. The government does not make baby formula, nor should it. Mm-hmm. Companies make formula. And one of those companies, a company which, by the way, seems to have 40 percent market share, messed up.
1: Yeah, you'd think that they would have this this concept down about jobs too. The government doesn't make jobs; companies do. But you know, now they're now while the blame while the finger is pointing at the government, we've been on it twenty four seven since day one. Well, how long does it take? And now they're saying it's September, not October. So, so how many how much time does it take to get rid of a bacterial problem in your factory? Does it take 3 months from February to now? Does it take uh 4 months from 5 months from September to February? I think about, you know, when you uh when you open up your refrigerator and you go <laughs> something doesn't smell right in here. So what do you do? You start uh sniffing around, opening drawers and then you find that uh that uh that thing of broccoli in the bottom of one of your produce drawers. That got some other newer stuff put on top of it, and you forgot, it. and it was just making penicillin in your refrigerator, and uh, and you sniff around and you find it. Then what do you do? You take it out and you throw out everything in the in the trash, and you take the bag out of your trash compactor or your trash can in the kitchen. And you take it out to the to the backyard because you don't want to smell that stuff, and then you wash out all the bins and you say, hey, this is a this is an opportunity to clean out our refrigerator and you start throwing stuff away that's old, it's got, you know, dated in 2017, this is what happens. I don't understand how this takes all that many months until we until it's a crisis before anything happens. That's called management. And apparently, the Biden administration doesn't know how to manage anything, and nobody's held accountable for their... You know, remember when... Uh, when uh, Trump was in there, we had the HHX, HHS secretary uh, was the former senator from uh, Georgia, I think, and uh, and he was on the news all the time. How can we haven't heard anything from Jaime Becerra since he was uh, attorney general of California? And why would you put someone in, to run HHS who's a who's an attorney? Why wouldn't you put someone who has some? Uh, some science background or some medical background, something that refers to health and human services, why would you put a, a freaking attorney in there? Well, you know, because it's uh, the diversity. That's what's that's what's that's uh, what it's all about. So anyway, let's talk about Title 42. Uh, got a few minutes left of part one, so let's talk about Title 42. We're just a few days away from May 23rd. May 23rd expiration of Title 42, the CDC order used to deport migrants in the name of public health. And they use the CDC order in order to, uh, to deport people uh, from the, that come over illegally because it's the only law they have left. Biden's taken away all the other laws. He's, he's, uh, he's basically said don't enforce any of the immigration laws. Remember, we've been told it's not necessary anymore, even though we're constantly being told COVID will come back uh, with a vengeance in the fall just before the election. Couldn't have predicted that. And uh, and don't and get ready get ready for the new uh, monkeypox that are out there, which I heard about it yesterday or uh, Thursday, and they said this this uh, has no threat to the general public, but of course today, which is Friday, they're having uh they're they're more and more having it on TV. Why are they doing that? The first report says, hey, don't worry about it. This has no general public uh, spreading problem, but now they've got it on the TV a lot. Are they trying to control us with fear again? Would the government do that to, to the general public? And would they do it as we're going into a big election where the Democrats are going to get trounced? I don't know. It just seems logical to me that this is what's happening. We've also continued to see chains of migrants crossing over this week, and I know we're all getting tired of hearing, the re- hearing record high numbers, but here are the alarming figures. Our favorite reporter, Bill Malusian, uh, that hangs out at the border and reports all this stuff, uh, he tweeted out, Breaking There were 234,088 migrants encountered at the southern border in April per a DHS court filing today. That's the highest number in DHS history. 117,989 migrants were released into the U.S. in April. 113,248 were removed, including 96,908 expelled via title, Title 42. So Title 42 said, uh, because of COVID, we sent back 96,908. What were the other 16,000 expelled for, I wonder? I don't know. Just, uh, just uh, seems weird, the numbers. And uh, yet DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas went to San Diego this week and had the nerve to say this to our border agents.
2: That does not mean that the border is open beginning on May 23rd. We continue to enforce the laws of this country. We continue to remove individuals who do not qualify for relief under the laws of this country.
1: Yeah, the border is not open effectively 52322 because it's been opened effectively since January 20th, 2021. Hey, I'm all out of time for the first half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of weather, traffic, sports, and commercials, and I'll be right back with lots more.
0: Six o'clock to be on time Leave the wife and kids at home to make a dime. Grab your lunch pail, check for mail in your slot You won't get your check if you don't punch the clock Bus ride
1: Welcome back to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Planet Home Lending. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and finance on the radio because it's uh, boring to you if you don't happen to be in the market. Hey, I just refinanced uh, th- four months ago when the rates were low. I don't want to hear about that crap. <clears throat> but if you are in the market or you waited or you want to get out of California and you want to get some financing on a, on a house, you want to find out what your uh, your best financial moves are in relation to your, uh, your debt... Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Plant Home Lending logo and do the cyber thing. So uh before the uh before the uh the break we were talking about title 42 uh expiring on the 23rd which is coming up on Tuesday. On Tuesday when uh, there's lines and lines and lines of people at on the Mexico border waiting to come across cuz they know that the likelihood of them being sent back is not very likely after the 23rd. And, of course, we just played a clip before the break of Alejandro Mayorkas saying, hey, that doesn't mean the border's open on starting on May 23rd. Yeah, because the border's been open since January 20th, 2021, when uh, that sprig of broccoli named Joe Biden uh, became the uh, occupant of the White House and uh, how that happened. Again, if you haven't seen 2,000 Mules, go online and get it. Uh, on Salem now or uh, probably just uh, Google 2000 mules or it's probably at probably at theaters out there as well Um, I looked at the at the preview showings and they were all sold out so I bought it online which is never as fun as going to the movies to see it having popcorn and hot dogs and and uh, White Castles and all that stuff but uh, going on with uh, what Mayorkas was uh, saying in San Diego also in San Diego this week authorities discovered an underground drug smuggling tunnel coming from Mexico, ending in a warehouse on the U.S. side. You know what, uh, if you've read my book, if you or if you have my book, or if you listen to my show, and you notice I always open up with movie clips, they could get a clue of this stuff if they just watched the movie Sicario. And they talk about the tunnels that are going on there. The sophisticated tunnel from Tijuana to Ote Mesa border crossing in San Diego is the length of six football fields. And this isn't something that they dug with a couple of kids and a and a uh, you know some some uh, plastic shovels and uh, and buckets it, this thing has a it's six six foot fields long has a rail rail system ventilation electricity and reinforced wa- reinforced walls and uh you know what uh reminds me of a scene from a few good men
0: markinson's dead you really got a hand to those federal marshals boy not like he hanged himself by his shoelaces or slashed his wrists with a concealed butter knife. This guy got into full-dress uniform, stood in the middle of that room, drew a nickel-plated pistol from his holster, and fired a bullet into his mouth. Anyway, since we seem to be out of witnesses, I thought I'd drink a little.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, these guys didn't just uh, tunnel over. They didn't... Uh... They didn't just, uh, you know, put one of those little tunnels that you buy at the Toys R Us and, and uh, you know, just cover it up with dirt so you couldn't notice it because it's camouflaged, or uh, you know, do something like that. You know, they had a, they had, a, see, football fields a hundred yards, so six hundred yards long, uh, with a rail system in there so they could transport stuff through it, and uh, ventilation so you don't doesn't get really hot, and electricity so they could have lights on. And reinforce them, them so you can walk through them. If you just watch the movie uh, uh, Sicario or the second Sicario as well, you see see what these things look like. Law enforcement sees 1,762 pounds of cocaine, 165 pounds of meth, and 3.5 and pounds of heroin during the investigation. Hmm. What's going on there? You know, and the president of the National Border Patrol Council, Brandon Judd, says this is the whole point of the cartels escorting thousands of migrants over our border. To distract to distract the attention from these tunnels and all the drug smuggling that's going on. So, hey, let's just uh, be kind of out there in the in the open about what we're doing to get these uh, people over, to coyote them over the border. And while you're watching us there, we've got all our drugs going into the United States. Here's Brandon Judd.
2: Yeah, if there's anything that's scary about border security, it's when you see tunnels like this. Um, it, I know it scares it scares me to death when you look at what these criminal cartels, these organizations, are able to do. Um, the sophistication and and the way they operate, the way that they're going to get their uh, drugs into the United States um, to generate that higher value products. But it all comes back down to illegal immigration. If criminal cartels can distract law enforcement with illegal migrants, then they can they're able to get these tunnels in operation. When all of the resources are placed um, going after illegal immigrants, that's when we have a problem and that's when we can't go after and we can't detect the criminality that exists on the border. Let me go back to what Secretary Mayorkas said. He said we can expect to see an increase in migration. He doesn't even use the word illegal migration because if he does that, then he's admitting that there's an issue, that there's a problem and he has to go after it. And he, he refuses to give us any policies or program that allows us to go go after this and then it would free up our resources to then go after those tunnels
1: yeah this is uh this is kind of what trump said hey you know what if you've got a 50 foot high uh border wall and you could see through it because if you remember it's it's got a big flat uh flat spot where you can't grab onto at the top and then it goes into a kind of a circular thing so you're you're uh, like climbing up uh, these uh, these overhangs for rock climbers, like the beginning of the movie Cliffhanger. So, uh, so they can't climb over them, and they're smooth on the top, and then they're see through on the bottom, and they and they go down twenty feet into the ground, so you can't tunnel under them, or it'd be very difficult to tunnel under them. You know what? That stops most of them. And then the border, the border patrol agents can keep an eye on things without having to uh, be chasing after people that are running. Hey, you know what? I'm stopping these guys. And these other guys are running around the outside, outside where I can't get them and hold on to my other guys. This just seems like logic. Logic, you know, and uh, protect us from having these people come in. Oh, wait, but we should feel sorry for them because they're coming in for they want a better life. Some of them are. Some of those people, and those people could come through the front door and uh, sign the guest book when they're coming in. There's a, there's a lot more people coming in because they have uh, ill intent. They're evildoers, as uh, George W. Bush would say. Meanwhile, this reporter in the press briefing Tuesday had no questions about the tunnel, no questions about Title 42. He's more concerned about the status of the Border Patrol agent horsewhipping investigation from back in September.
2: It's been eight months uh, at this point, and we don't have a conclusion of that review. The president had wanted um, uh, accountability. He demanded it at the time. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas said that uh, there would be
0: a conclusion to that review within weeks. So why is it taking so long?
3: I don't have an update on that. Uh, Department of Homeland Security, that's where — you mentioned Secretary Mayorkas — that's where that review sits.
1: Yeah, we want to make sure and find out because they were doing a full investigation on it. I thought the investigation was, was look at the video and you see the, the Border Patrol agent who are riding the horses and they have what's called a split rein and they're using the, the, the reins to control the side-to-side movement of the horse so they don't trample over people. But somebody, somebody used it. You took the video and said, look, they're whipping these, these people that are trying to get across. They're whipping these, these immigrants. They're, 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 they're mistreating them. Does anybody remember the name of a guy named Nicholas Sandman when they showed that uh, that Native Indian guy beating his drum and walking over into a crowd and, uh, and Nicholas Sandman just standing there while he beat the drum and looking at him and smiling and they turned that into a whole uh, racial thing and he's wearing a, a MAGA hat, a Make America Great Again hat and I think uh, Nicholas Sandman uh, ended up getting uh, he's probably a multi-gazillionaire now um, from all the settlements with CNN and MSNBC and the newspapers that were, that were painting a narrative about him based on they took a video and they cut out certain parts of it and they, made, and they tried to make it as, hey, look at these kids that are Trump supporters and look at what they're doing to Native American people. We don't. This country doesn't seem to learn by its mistakes. That's why, we, uh, that's why we end up repeating it. So uh, let's talk about the rest of the comp- incompetent leadership. Last week, Joe Biden told America that, in- that inflation is our strength. I played that clip. And this week, he, uh, he wa- once again forgot that he's president. He's speaking in Buffalo, New York on the tragic hate crime shooting uh, that took 11 lives in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Biden said this when he thanked the mayor for welcoming him.
0: You've been, you've been wonderful. Thank you. And I know this is a lot of, when a vice presidential or a presidential chip shows up, it's, uh, there's all kinds of paraphernalia and people. And I know it's not easy. Uh, uh,
1: uh well, you know, vice presidential, I mean, a uh, uh, presidential comes in, uh, comes in, there's all kinds of paraphernalia. What kind of paraphernalia is there? What is he talking about? You mean people? Or is that a swag or is that uh, a lot of a lot of paraphernalia comes in because our secret services are smoking crack and they got their drug paraphernalia? I don't know what what is the what is that any of that mean? But, uh, you know, hey, am I the vice presidential uh, convoy in here or is it? Oh, I mean, the presidential. I forgot. I'm just a senator. I mean, the president. Biden's other comments on the shooting included thoughts most reasonable Americans already agree with on combating white supremacy, and a dubious claim about the 1994 Clinton crime bill.
0: What happened here is simple and straightforward. Terrorism. Terrorism. Domestic terrorism. White supremacy is a poison, and it's been allowed to fester and grow right in front of our eyes. We need to say as clearly and force as we can, that the ideology of white supremacy has no place in America. There are certain things we can do. We can keep assault weapons off our streets. We've done it before. I did it when I passed the crime bill last time. And violence went down. Shootings went down.
1: Yeah, well, there are certain things that we can do, like uh, make childcare more affordable and make prescriptions more affordable. And... uh, and, uh, you know, uh, make sure that uh, your kids get a free lunch at school. And all the same stuff they always say, but, you know, hey, let's keep assault weapons off the street. You no, know, that's some things that we can do, and we've done it before. Yeah, but did it help? You no, know, on uh, the Clinton crime bill, Democrats, including Biden, have been claiming for decades that it brought down shootings. But did it really? Does anybody Does anybody ever check this stuff? I mean, the general public listens to him and say, "Oh yeah, we need to get assault rifles off the street. We need to keep those guns off the street because they keep killing people." From factcheck.org, the ban's success in reducing crimes committed with banned guns was a mix was mixed. Gun crimes involving assault weapons declined, however, that decline was offset through the late 90s by the use of other guns equipped with large capacity magazines. And you know what? Uh, you know what? The problem is that guns don't kill people. And whether it's assault rifles or handguns or uh, you know cannons that you're not allowed to buy, uh, according to to Biden, um, you know what? Those people, those those kind of weapons don't kill people. It's the people that the bad people that have these guns that kill people. You know, and the one thing that seems that seems to be working is make sure that the good people have guns, because the places that have the toughest gun laws seem to be the the most violent. Uh, than any other place in the country. So from the Washington Post, according to the Washington Post, from 1976 to 1994, about 18 mass shootings occurred each year. During the ban of assault weapons from 1995 to 2004, there were about 19 incidents per year. Hmm. That's things that we can do. They don't do anything, but we can do them. It's kind of like when when, uh, the press secretary says, hey, I'll give you a list of the things that we've done since September on the... Regarding the, the, uh, baby, uh, the, the baby formula factory that had some bacteria, I'll tell you what we did. We've been on it for 24-7. Apparently not. According to a new University of Massachusetts poll, Biden's approval rating has sunk below 40% for the first time ever. Of course, it's been below that on other polls, dropping by 11 percentage points in just one year. And of course, that would be at University of Massachusetts where they poll mostly Democrats. And then and the, and the analyst at 5:38 reported that polls the week of March, May 13th to 15th have 57% of Americans disapproving the job of Kamala Harris that she's doing as vice president, maybe because she can't make a simple speech at a diplomatic summit without using word salads like this one
3: our world is increasingly more interconnected and interdependent, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules and agreements that we will convene to work together on.
1: Really? Did she say anything? Did she say anything? Hey, we're, we're gonna work together on these things and the new norms of the norms. Hey, remember the space norms she talked about two weeks ago? Oh, we're creating space norms so people don't uh take out satellites. We're gonna make some laws that we don't take out the take out satellites that, you know, we use space responsibly. Yeah. Well, I think uh, Reagan when he when he talked about Star Wars and Trump when he talked about the new space force, the idea was that. People are going to use space irresponsibly to attack us, and we should uh, create something that protects our country. Yeah, but we're going to do it together. And this was supposedly had something to do with climate change, which just basically means that you're just wasting your time because nothing's ever going to happen on that. Because I don't believe, uh, I don't believe that climate change is man-made. I think, the, uh, I think we have climate change every three months. Like three months ago, it was really cold. And, uh, and you know, it was winter time. And then, uh, three months later it's warming up and then three months from now, it's going to be summer and it's going to get really hot. And then three months later in, uh, September, October, it's going to start to cool off and get windy. And then three months after that, it's going to get cold again. You know, it's, uh, just how the, how the earth turns and how the, how the tilt of the world is, um, from the wall street journal op-ed working together, hasn't worked for Kamala Harris. It's not easy being the vice president of the United States, especially when almost no one in Washington knows what the job of the vice president is. The latest in a series of Beltway media stories about the challenge encountered by Kamala Harris suggests that neither her staff nor the staff of a recent predecessor understand the duties of and the powers of the office. Of course, the recent predecessor would be Mike Pence. And of course, all you got to do is watch the movies. Here's a clip from the movie The Contender.
3: You remember what Ben Franklin said about the vice presidency? No, I don't remember. What, what did he say? I didn't talk to him this week. <laughs> he said he ought to be addressed as your superfluous excellency, remember? <laughs> you know, in the past 10 years, I've enjoyed the kind of power that the vice presidency can't offer. I
2: mean, why would anybody want
3: to give that up? Am I crazy? Baby, power is where power goes.
1: Power is where power goes. You know what? All you got to do is watch the movies, and, and of course, in the movies, the good guys are always the Democrats, when in fact... That's not really the case in real life. So but you know the Democrats are always you know the American president, uh, you know Michael Douglas is uh, Andrew Shepard and he's a Democrat. He's the guy that's talking sense and and trying to make sure that we're serious. And of course in the contender uh, Jeff Bridges is um, whatever his name is in the in the, uh, in the in the contender, he's the president, he's a Democrat and all the bad guys are Republicans. But, of course, even they know that the vice presidency is uh, his superfluous excellency, which means unnecessary. So, uh, you know, hey, we got someone in leadership and they really don't do anything except for uh, lead the space council and uh, create norms for the space and uh, break ties when uh, when in the summit. And uh, other than that, they're just waiting for the president to die so they can jump in. Uh, it goes on to say that uh, the the article goes on to say in the Wall Street Journal uh, goes on to say that she actually spent the majority of her 16 months as vice president in the Senate, uh, where she's broken 23 ties in her official role as president of the Senate. That puts her third of all time, only trailing America's very first vice president, Aunt John Adams. But uh, that had 29 tie-breaking votes, and at seventh uh, vice president John C. Calhoun, uh, he had 31 uh, tie-breaking votes. Last week alone, Harris cast six tie-breaking votes. Joe Biden broke zero ties while serving for eight years as vice president under Barack Obama, and I think that probably actually has to do with uh, the the spread on the uh, in the Senate. So if the Senate has a if one side has a big has a big uh, majority, then there's not as many uh 50-50s where you need the vice president to to uh break the tie which is probably a a better situation and of course it didn't seem to be until uh 2000 election with uh Gore and with uh, George W Bush and Gore when politics seemed to get really really vicious and uh when when the democrats and republicans couldn't work with each other any any longer and, uh, so it's, we're in a, we're in a whole different world today, We're in a whole different world today. And of course, uh, uh, Barack Hussein Obama took us to a new level, you know, transformation of America. And, uh, that's, it's not been for a good thing and we almost got it turned back with Donald Trump, but then they figured a way to use COVID as a way to steal the election. So, uh, anyway, so that's, uh, that's how I see it. You may see it different, but, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not. I could be wrong, but I'm not. I should play that uh, Eagles song, uh, Victim of Love. I could be wrong, but I'm not. I can't play that on the... Can't can't use that song on our show uh, for some reason. Anyway, let's talk about the disinformation backlash. We managed to avoid covering this story of Biden's uh, Mary Poppins singing disinformation czar for the past month. I tried to keep it out of the news. I tried to thought it was kind of stupid, but... I tried to keep it off my show, but this week, the Department of Homeland Security announced it was shutting down the board, which was called the Disinformation Governance Board. So uh, it was brought. uh, They they invented that on April 27th and they canceled this week. So it lasted three weeks. On Wednesday, the official Biden administration position was the board has been intentionally mischaracterized by the right wing media, of course. And it was never about censorship or policing speech in any manner. No, that wasn't it. Within hours of the announcement, Mary Poppins, whose real name is Nina Jankowitz, had resigned, despite the DHS's offer to keep her in the position without the board. Hmm. So we dissolved the board that you were going to run, but we offered to keep you in your position and pay you. Is that how you want your tax dollars spent? Peter Ducey asked Corrine Jean-Pierre about this in the press briefing this week.
2: So if it's pausing because you think the board was mischaracterized, then the disinformation board is being shut down because of disinformation? Is that what's happening
3: here? Look, I mean, the, the board was put forth for a purpose, right? To make sure that we really did a t- a, uh, really did address what was happening across the country when it came to disinformation. Okay. We're going to pause it and we're going to do an assessment. But the work does, the work doesn't stop.
1: The work doesn't stop? What does that mean? I mean, they're going to still have the disinformation board, but they're just not going to make it an official board. They're just going to keep going out there and trying to squelch the uh, conservative voice. The Washington Post reported Jankowitz resigned because she was on the receiving end of the harshest attacks and, she, and that she became a primary target on the right wing Internet. Gee, I wonder why
2: when rudy giuliani shared that in from ukraine or when tiktok influencers say covid can cause pain they're laundering disinfo and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet voice or vote oh
1: Jeez hey they're uh they're diverse all the cabinet members in the Biden administration are diverse they're not competent they don't have any professionalism they don't know what they're doing, but they're diverse. And the timing on this board was fishy anyway, considering it was hastily thrown together the same week Elon Musk bought Twitter. Speaking of Musk, he had some interesting things this week to say about the Biden administration.
2: The president U.S. whoever controls the teleprompter. You know, it's like, it's like the the, the path to power is the path to the teleprompter. I do feel like like if if somebody would accidentally lean on the teleprompter, it's going to be like Anchorman. This administration just, it doesn't seem to get a lot done. The Trump administration, leaving Trump aside, there there were a lot of people in the administration who were effective at getting things done. So uh, this this administration seems just just to not have like the drive to just get done.
1: Yeah, uh, he hit it on the head, and I've said this many times, referring to this clip about, from the movie Anchorman.
2: That's going to do it for all of us here at Channel 4 News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm on Burgundy?
1: Damn it, who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Yeah, that's, uh, we should have we put that in that. Anything you put on the teleprompter, Biden will read. So, uh, Elon Musk also tweeted this thing out that got people talking. Uh, he tweeted out, uh, in the past, I voted Democrat because they were mostly the kindness party, but they have become the party of division and hate. So I no longer support them and will vote Republican now watch their dirty tricks campaign against me unfold. Yeah. And, uh, today they were talking on TV. Uh, one of the, they were talking on TV and they, you know, they have a, someone from the right, someone from the left, the Democrat strategist says, Hey, you know, don't get me wrong. I have great respect for Musk. He's one of the he's one of the smartest. He's no. He said he's one of. I have great respect for Musk. He's one of the richest guys in the world. Yeah, but you shouldn't have a respect for the him because he's the richest guy in the world. You should have respect for him because he's one of the smartest guys in the world. You know, he has because he does, and he does because who he is. From Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People you you do because of who you are and because you do you have and uh anyway so that's how that's how the world works and the problem is that the people that are in in uh leadership now they aren't good people hey anyway i'm out of time for this episode of the main event so uh thanks for listening my name's ed hoffman and i'll be back again with you next week